Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Chasing the Present is a timely documentary following one man's worldwide journey of self-inquiry as he explores the root cause of of a lifelong battle with mental illness issues. A materially successful young man, James Sebastiano Jr., riddled with anxiety, embarks on a worldwide journey of self-inquiry from the streets of New York to the stillness of the Ganges and the deep jungles of Peru. He immersed himself in meditation, self-inquiry, plant medicine to find the root cause of the problem and to learn how to finally find freedom from his crippling anxiety. And we're joined today by the subject of the film, Chasing the Present, and that would be James Sebastiano Jr. James, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Yeah, thank you. Um, How did you and Mark Waters, the director of the film, how did you meet him? Yeah, uh, at the time I was actually living in Bali, Indonesia. I live half of the year there and half of the year in Boulder, Colorado. But at the time I was living in Bali and um, Mark was just finishing up making a documentary called The Salt Trail. And um, he was working on that film on his own, just he and his girlfriend. And um, it was like a surf travel film. And we met during that filmmaking process and became super good friends. And then, you know, I think maybe four years or so after we met, we decided to make Chasing the Present together. What was the first step to really tell this story? Uh, not just your own story, but the story of this growing movement to understand that there's something more than just the material world, that there is there is more to what our lives than that. How did you get going on this? Well, um, you know, it was, it just started out with a feeling, you know, just like a really strong feeling that there was something that I needed to do, you know, that I needed to make a film. You know, I had made businesses and I was an entrepreneur and I was doing well financially and all that kind of stuff, but I was still having these pains in my chest and I was still having panic attacks on a regular basis. And I knew that something wasn't right. And then all of a sudden, you know, I just finished a project and I just, like, I just got this overwhelming sensation, like I need to make a film, but I don't know what it needs to be about. So I, I called Mark. I said, Hey, I know it's time for us to make a film now. I feel it like in every cell of my body, like let's do it. And he goes, okay, what's it about? I was like, I have no idea, but let's just start. And he's like, okay, I'm in. So he came over and we started brainstorming. Okay, what's this going to be about? What, what are we going to talk about? What, who are we going to interview? What are we going to do? So we started on that path and it was kind of like, should we make a documentary about fear versus love or how to live or blah, blah, blah. What can we do that will really help people? And about like a month or two into the process, it became pretty clear, like I was struggling so much and there's so much suffering around us. Why don't we, instead of trying to make something with the intention of just helping people, why don't we just try to understand what's going on in our own lives? Why don't we try to heal the anxiety within ourselves? And if we can do that and just do it honestly and authentically and just capture those moments and share that, then maybe we'll be able to inspire others to want to do the same. So it turned into really the two of you on a journey. It wasn't just him documenting your own particular journey. It was, it sounds like it was a partnership of sorts in, 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 sure. in self of self-discovery. And hundred percent. Yeah. Like we started out with a yoga teacher training. He did everything I did. He did as well. So um, of course he had to also film. So his job was twice as hard, but um, <laughs> like in the yoga teacher training, we both completely immersed ourselves in the meditation retreats and practices we did. And We went to Peru and did ayahuasca. Like he literally did everything that I did throughout the entire, uh, entire time. 
Yeah. Let's before we get into some of these wonderful people talking about people like Russell Brand, Alex Gray, Graham Hancock, Gary Weber. There's a number of people in the film, just clarion, wonderful, articulate people describing life and our relationship to anxiety and fear and how that plays into it. But tell me a little bit about your own background. My own background, um, you know, I grew up in the States. I grew up in Florida. Um, you know, I had a, a kind of, an, I guess, a regular middle class upbringing. And um, when I was about 15, you know, if I just look at the memorable moments in my life, I got stung by a wasp and I nearly died. And I had to be rushed to the hospital. I passed out in the car on the way and they, you know, stuck a needle of adrenaline uh, in me to, to wake me up because I had an allergic reaction to a wasp, wasp sting. And that happened when I was 15. You know, and I was already kind of heavy into drugs and smoking weed every day and kind of like that kind of a thing, even before that happened. But, you know, then it kind of spiraled out and I got worse and worse and I was, wasn't was feeling right. I was just kind of self-medicating with anything I can get my hands on up until the point where I was, you know, maybe 21 or so. And I overdosed from cocaine in my apartment alone after like a weekend long binge by myself. And, um, and then I, you know, at that point I was a senior in college and I thought, I don't know what's going on. Like I woke up from that experience with like a busted knee and a busted arm. And I was just like, wow, this oh, is God. too much. If I stay here and I continue on this path, I'm going to die hundred percent. So I sold my car and I decided something wasn't going right for me in the States. And I just left by myself and uh, I moved to Amsterdam, which is uh, I guess not the place you go to when you want to try to recover from a cocaine overdose, but it was the only place outside of the States that I had ever previously been. And it was, you know, I grew up in Florida, which is a very conservative, very, you know, that kind of a place. And I went to Amsterdam. It was totally different. It was liberal and it was free and the, the vibe was totally different. And I was like, wow, this place is amazing. This is this is cool. So I stayed there for a few years, worked in a bar, you know, did just normal stuff, just trying to do whatever I could to make money. And and then at a certain point, I met a girl, an amazing woman, and she uh, we were dating. And after we were dating, she gave me a book and it was called Skinny Bastard. And at the end of the book, it said, uh, challenge yourself for 30 days to become a vegetarian. Said, okay, I can try it. Why not? 30 days. I can, let's see if I can do it. So I did it. And that, that challenge left for, it led me on for like 12 years. You know, I, I became vegetarian from that point forward. And I'm not saying that everybody should do that. Just for me, it was, a, you know, a door opening thing of, to awareness because I started to become aware of what I was eating. You know, and it was as simple as it may sound, it was my first step to being aware of like my actions have consequences, my actions have results. What am I doing? So that led me down the path of, you know, what is this? What is meditation? What is yoga? What are, what are all these different things, you know, just from becoming a vegetarian? And then, you know, short after that, I, not short after, after about three years, I went to Bali uh, to go to do a, a detox course and like a, a vegan chef training. So I went and when I got there, I was like, wow, this place is amazing and it's much better vibe, way better winters than they have in Europe. It's like, maybe this is the place. So my girlfriend and I decided to move there and uh, we went back to Amsterdam, sold our stuff, packed up some boxes and we just moved to Amsterdam. I'm sorry, we moved to Bali. And yeah, from yeah. that point on, I had no idea what I would do. And I started opening all these businesses and one business after the next, uh, I opened a juice bar. I became really successful and then people started coming to me asking me to do all these different projects and open hotels and real estate developments and communities and all kinds of stuff. And I still wasn't happy, you know, and I was still struggling with my anxiety. And that's how, you know, that's yeah. how we decided to make this film. 
Well, thank you for that answer. That's amazing. Uh, and this idea is something just from a personal level. It's been it's been something of a pursuit for me. I became vegetarian, sort of coming in and out of vegetarianism, but nonetheless, it's what you just said really is to me very accurate about the description. Once you start thinking about what you're putting into your own body and, and really understanding the ramifications of it, it, you can't help but start thinking about something that's beyond yourself, beyond you as a, not only as a person, but as a, a member of this planet, as someone who has to be responsible and, and shepherding the, the resources. And absolutely, I think that's, this is kind of an aside. The first thing for me, the book that kind of changed me was Alan Watts, um, the book, um, and I got started to understand kind of Buddhism and the impact. And I just, when I was watching this movie, I just kept help, couldn't help but reflecting on just sort of my own sort of the journey that I've been trying to be on for my life. So it's a wonderful film, by the way. I just want to say that the, the way that you approach this, the way you and Mark Waters approach this, um, puts us in the middle of this. And it, and, it, and it allows us an opportunity to think about what's happening through the film. And think about things, and because the different voices all come back to this idea of otherness and the world, the the, the place we have in this world. So I just wanted to compliment you on just on, on the approach of the film and how engaging it is. Has that been a reaction that you've been hearing from others? What what's been the reaction to the film? Well, you know, we we it comes out actually uh, comes out tomorrow. Um, okay. which, which I don't know when you're going to air this, but it comes out, you know, on September 29th. So yeah. And, and prior to COVID, we were just about to start going on our screening tour and we screened the film in several places and festivals and all that. And then it got stopped because, you know, the world decided to close movie theaters. Right. But prior to that, we did quite a few screenings and a lot of people were coming up to me after the screenings and, you know, a lot of people related to my father and, and that relationship that I had with my dad and saying, oh, my father's the same exact way, or I'm, I do, I deal with this with my mom, or, or thank you so much for sharing about your anxiety. I've been struggling for a long time and I haven't spoken to anybody about it. You know, those kind of things. I'm depressed. I mean, people have said they were suicidal pretty much, you know, and, and I usually ask people who's struggling with mental health issues, if you feel comfortable, raise your hand. And it's like 99% of the audience. Yeah. You know, the people who are seeing the film, especially now. I mean, this was pre-COVID. Right. So we can imagine now, you know, I read an article yesterday um, in the Time uh, online um, paper. And, you know, it was talking about um, how mental health is uh, mental health issues are up 20 percent since right. COVID. Right. And I think that's a drastic underestimate. You know, and the other day, the, the female Sherlock Holmes committed suicide in Japan you know, a family of three and she's 40 year old, like superstar, uh, you know, celebrity in Japan and she just killed herself. And I think it's, it's such an important topic at the moment and it's only becoming more and more and more. It's just happening more and more and more. And uh, the times are definitely, I think the film is, is, is really relevant right now. And um, I hope people can see it and maybe have an opportunity to reflect or have an opportunity to share or, at least think like, oh, I can maybe talk about what I'm going through. Maybe it's okay right. to speak about my anxiety. And right. In the film, actually, um, and I grew up with my father and my mother, um, but in the film, that was the first time in my life that I actually had told my dad that I had anxiety. I was 33, 34 years old, you know, right. I went like 18 years without even ever talking to him about it once because he just wouldn't accept it. I, I just couldn't talk to him about it, which is why I was self-medicating and blah, blah, blah. And then once I started to talk about it and be open about it, it's just so healing, you know, to do that kind of thing. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's a very interesting um, conversation you have in the film. You have two lengthy conversations with your father in the diner and, or did we see two, those two segments in the film, your father reacted in the way uh, that I think a lot of parents of, of previous generations react to that, to what you were talking about. But to his credit, I just felt like he was hearing you at least. And I thought that was something that I, 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 I appreciated that he was, he may not have agreed with everything that you were saying, and correct me if you think I'm wrong, but I, but I, at least I, I got the sense that he was listening to what you were telling him, and he was processing it in his own way. Is that, is that fair? Is that? Yeah, I think he was listening in that moment. To, yeah, to the best of his ability, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, and what you're talking about in the film is it goes into great detail about mental health and and this, the especially a very anxiety-inducing age in which we live now, and I can't imagine that we're not going to have to come to grips with these these things that are brought up in the film about our relationship to nature, our relationship to each other, our relationship to a sustainable planet. And again, I mentioned some of these people in the film. Um, there's uh, particularly Josh Corda and then also um, the, the psychiatrist, uh, Zelda Hall in the film. They were, seemed to, there were so many, and I should, probably shouldn't single anyone out, but Took, if you wouldn't mind talking a little bit about Zelda Hall, because it felt like she was a pretty key part of the story. If I... Zelda's amazing. She's been my therapist for the last 10 years. I met her in Amsterdam when I was living there, maybe even longer, maybe even 12 years or so. I'm not sure anymore at this point, but she's a therapist. She's been doing this for a long, long time. And um, yeah, she's probably the first person in my life that I really started to open up to and and be completely honest with. And she was just a, such a big part of my life. And I basically told her that, you know, we have calls periodically, like Zoom, you know, sessions and stuff like that. And I said, hey, I'm still going through a lot of stuff and I'm making this film. Like, would you be cool? Would you be open to doing a session with me, like on camera? And she goes, oh, let me think about it. You know, it's okay. Yeah, I'll do it. So she came over and we, we, we were in a place and we had a crew there and and we just did a session. We did a whole one-hour session, and just those little excerpts, you know, are, are what we what we put in the film. Well, the film is uh, again chasing the present. Talking with James Sebastiano Jr., he is the subject of the film, and uh, there is so much here. If you if you're interested in finding out more about the film, you can go to chasingthepresent.com. There are you can host a screening. You can find out where the screenings are. As you mentioned, it'll be opening on September 29th in virtual theaters. And is it a VOD? No, no, release? it'll be VOD no. release. Yeah, on iTunes, yeah. Uh, all the all the different platforms. Okay. iTunes, Vimeo, Google Play. You know, one of my favorite people is is Russell Brand. Um, I was uh, I actually had uh, um, on the. Uh, Timon are on to talk about the film that she she did a documentary about Russell Brand, which was pretty amazing. Just what a what a live wire he is as a person, and but how insightful and intelligent he is. And I've I've always been very drawn to him as a as a personality, but also someone who has something to say. So I'm glad he's in the film. Yeah, he's a super cool guy. A really really nice guy, and yeah, really funny and says surprising stuff all the time. You know, it was <laughs> it was great that he was able to be in the film and and share some of his insights with us. We're super grateful. Yeah, there, there's just so many people. And again, the film is called Chasing the Present. It's a particularly timely film. It's a particularly important film. And it's one of those things that is is kind of an evergreen film. You can watch it 
at any time, whenever it is, whether it's a, a two days from now or whether it's two years from now. It's a film that will, I think, really strike a chord with so many people. And thank you so very much for making the film. And I want to thank you so much for being here on Film School Radio. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to meet you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.